Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Come on, guys. That was a powerful week, huh? And God's going to keep building on what he began in our men. And I'm telling you, this weekend, hold me to it. I think that this Sunday is going to be the most significant message that I've ever preached at our church or anywhere. And you're going to see what I'm talking about this Sunday. And hey, how about our men? I didn't know how many of you were going to show up tonight because the first riot night is this Friday. Come on, look at all those men. telling you, God's, God's doing, you know, man, young people, it's just like, we got to like soak these kids in the presence of God. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? Just like a, it's like a bath. Keep them in the bath. Like soak them in God's presence, man. Such potential. Love it. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to get right in the message tonight. Let me tell you how tonight's going to flow. You're about to hear an awesome message And I'm going to just remind everyone, please stay to the end of the message. And then at the end of the message, we will give you an opportunity to be dismissed. And then for those of you who want to stay, you can stay. And we're going to pray for healing and all kind of stuff like that, okay? Uh, Man, God, we got some testimonies, man. Wait till we share with y'all some of these healing testimonies. I'm telling you, God is breaking out on people in a great way. Uh, Tonight, church... You guys are in for an awesome treat. We have with us uh, Pastor Jimmy and Irene Rollins. Jimmy, I want you and Irene to stand up real quick. Come on, church, y'all. Give them a big, big hand. Let me tell you. So do y'all remember Pastor Jimmy from I-5 Church and... Baltimore, and we introduced him to the church over the Awakening Revival, and they are now a Celebration Family Church up in Baltimore, Maryland, and we're just so excited about what God is doing up there, and we're really excited about them. And God's put us together, and they just have an awesome, thriving church there in Baltimore, a real testimony, real outreach-oriented to the city. Jimmy has a great Uh, voice on racial reconciliation and a great uh, voice in America on diversity and what real unity looks like. So church, this is his first time to speak here, but he is one of us. He is family. So come on at all of our locations. I want you to stand to your feet and welcome Pastor Jimmy Rollins. What's up, Celebration? How y'all doing? Come on, can we make some noise for Jesus Christ up in this place? Now, if that was for me, that'd be okay. But he's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the great Almighty One. He is the great I Am. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. Can we raise the praise up in this place for Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Now give your neighbor a high five and say, we about to have church. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Irene and I are so uh, honored uh, to be uh, not just here because we don't feel like visitors. I don't feel like a guest speaker. Uh, Uncle Jimmy's on the stage today. Come on, somebody. And uh, 
Uh, we're just so incredibly honored to be here. We're honored to be in relationship with your incredible pastors. They have been vital uh, in our growth and our development in their lives and in our lives. And uh, you got to have somebody in your corner. Come on, somebody. And uh, I just want you to give honor where honor is due. Can we give it up for Pastor Kerry and Pastor Stovall? Come on, somebody. God bless you guys. We honor you. We love you guys. Thanks for believing in us and just the incredible team uh, that is here at Celebration. We, we love and honor all of you. Uh, uh, all of you at the, who are at other campuses, God bless you. Come on, somebody. And here's the deal. Like, like, like it's going to be crazy tonight. Uh, uh, matter of fact, go ahead and look down your row and size up your row. See, whenever I'm about to play ball, I got to size up who's with me. Go ahead, go ahead and look down your row and say, y'all ready? Because our row, we're going to praise God tonight. Come on. Come on. Our row, this row was where the sweet spot of God's presence is going to be tonight. This row right here. So I, I like to I like to define I like to come on I like to define uh, praise and what praise does and, and and this is not a Greek or Hebrew uh, definition of praise but I, I believe when we praise God that what we are doing is that we are sowing celebration in this season so that we can reap victory in a season yet to be seen. Come on, somebody. Now, now, maybe you don't understand what that means, but when you praise God now, there are some battles that you cannot see, that there is an enemy that is waiting around the corner. So if you will praise God right now, if you will give God the glory right now, you're going to be warding off some things. You're going to be redirecting the attack of the enemy. And so tonight we're going to praise God a little bit. Is that all right? And so... Uh, uh, I like to say when I praise God and raise my hands that these aren't hands, these are my spiritual antennas for the Holy Spirit to know where I'm at, to know my address, to know what I'm going through, to know, come on somebody, the issues of my heart. And, and I just want to, before I get started, thank God for uh, my, my, my partner in purpose. Come on somebody. My, 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 my milk chocolate. Come on somebody. My coffee with extra cream. Come on, and, and, and uh, you know, my beautiful wife of 18 years, and, and uh, Irene, I love you, girl. I love you. And um, she's, she's working on treating me better, so y'all stretch your hands out uh, towards her. Uh, and uh, we have three awesome kids, well, two awesome kids. Uh, we have a 17-year-old girl. Uh, her name is Kayla. Uh, well, I say two, we have a 15-year-old son. You'll meet him, he's kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> but there's an anointing in this house, so we hope that he gets saved when we bring him up here. Uh, and then we have a 12-year-old daughter, her name is Maya. And, uh, and then we have a five-year-old English bulldog, his name is Diesel. Come on, somebody. And uh, I just want you to know me uh, a little bit, and thank you, man, I appreciate you. And uh, I'm just excited to share God's word tonight. And, and uh, I, I want you to just turn your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 1. Uh, just put your fingers there for your finger there for a second. But here's the deal: like as a pastor, like in our church and our culture, uh, especially in the black church, you know, uh, they're always waiting for you know when the year changes. What's the word for the year, pastor? You know, what are we declaring in next year? And 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 I don't know about you, we don't do good at our church with with Christmas services, but have a New Year's Eve service. Come on, somebody, black folks coming to church. That's just that's just what it is. And and so. Uh, uh, it's a lot of pressure 
uh, to have a word for the year. And, and uh, I don't know if, if you're on social media, uh, but a lot of us on social media, they have these things called memes. And, and what a meme is, it's kind of making fun of something, and, and then you, you forward it and everybody laughs. And, and I saw this meme that said this, uh, right when the year was about to turn from 2017 to 2018, it says, you know, my pastor has seven more days to get this thing right because he declared that 2017 was gonna be my year. And so, and so as a pastor, that's pressure. And so not only is it pressure, your word from the year, it has to rhyme. It, it's, you gotta be able to put beatbox to it. Like, I mean, you gotta be able to, to do something with it. It's gotta be tweetable, come on somebody. It's got to shake heaven. And so uh, back in December, I was, I was praying, God, what is your word for the year for our church? What's your word for the year for me and Irene and our family? And, and, I, and it didn't, I couldn't find something that rhymed. And so, you know, in other years, in 2003, it's like I'm changing me in 2003. Come on, somebody. That's a word from God right there. Uh, uh, 2006, uh, I'm getting in the mix in 2006, come on somebody, uh, uh, 2007, I'm going to heaven, that's dangerous, and 2007, then 2008 came, and I was confused, come on, uh, then in, 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 in 2008, and some of us need this, I'm not going to be late in 2008, come on CP time. <laughs> I'm going to do less sin in 2010. Some of y'all like, that's a word right there. I'm not going to be overwhelmed in 2012. That's kind of stretching it. So I was trying to think of a word for 2018, and I couldn't think of nothing that rhymed. You know, I'm not going to be in between in 2018. Then really go. So I landed on this word uh, that the Lord gave me, and, and I want to preach this over you. I want to declare this over you. And, and I do believe this, that, that God will meet you at your level of expectation tonight. I, I honestly believe that. And the word of the year that God gave me, and I want to give to you tonight, is it's time to cross over. Look at the person next to you and says, it's time to cross over. In Joshua chapter 1, verse one through five, it says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Now, let's pause right there for a second, and this has nothing to do with my sermon, but uh, I can see that Joshua's dad might have been black, because I ain't never seen a white guy named Nun. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, now watch this territory, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, and all the ites, shall be yours. I love this, right? I love this verse five. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
And then there's just incredible promise at the end of this passage. It says, so as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. It's time to cross over. Now, now here's the deal. I get a chance to travel quite a bit, and, and I love, you know, flying. But one thing that I cannot stand about flying is a long layover. Come on, somebody. I, I can't stand layovers. I'm the type of person that if, if I'm going to a destination, I want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Come on, somebody. I don't want loud talkers. I don't want, I'm, I'm sorry if you have infants. I don't want to sit next to you if you have an infant or if you got bad kids. Come on, somebody. I just want to get from point A to point. Is anybody with me? Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, I, got, I got a destination. Come on. The, the, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11 that he gave me a hope and a future. And excuse me, Mr. Loud Talker, you're not a part of that. <laughs> but I've been on two layovers that are pretty memorable. And I remember the first time we were going uh, to... Nairobi, Kenya, we have an a, a I-5 Kids Center. We have an orphanage in Nairobi, Kenya. There's 22 kids there, and God's doing incredible work there. But I remember the first time going to that orphanage, uh, we had a layover at the Heathrow Airport. It's in London. This was an awesome layover. There was a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. And, and how many of y'all are like professional eaters? And any of y'all just like... Like, like, not only was there Gordon Ramsay restaurant, they had massage chairs. Oh, my God. And I sat in the chair, and it was anointed. Come on, somebody. It just, it just hit me in all the right places. Not only that, they had, like, fancy stores like Fendi and Louis Vuitton. And, and I don't know about you, but when you're in those type of environments, you'll start to think that you belong there. And so I'm in this environment, I got my little swag on, I got my little sway on, but I, all my credit cards are over the limit, come on somebody, I'm broke, and, but you got to kind of act like you've been there, you know what I mean? Can, can, I, can I see that? Go ahead. Uh, uh, I ain't got no money. My wife looking at me like, what are you, you can't even afford McDonald's, like, like what are we doing? <laughs> I've also been on other type of layovers. I've been in a layover, and I'm sorry if you're from Mississippi. I've been in a layover in Mississippi. Come on, somebody. It is not London. It's not. I mean, we walked in the airport, and I'm like, this is a layover. You know, there was like three people, you know, uh, and all of them have a total of 10 teeth. Come on, somebody. It was, it was crazy. I'm talking about one guy, he had three teeth. It was two in his mouth, one in his pocket. Like, it was, it was crazy. And not only was it crazy, like, all the stores were closed. There was nobody around. The place kind of smelled bad. Any of y'all ever been in a layover like that? And, and what I've gathered from those trips, when we start talking about crossing over, I've gathered that many people are stuck in layover seasons. We're either stuck in a comfortable layover where, where we know there's a purpose, we know there's a destiny, we know God has more for us, but we've kind of become comfortable in complacency. We've become well-adjusted to average. And then many of us, we're in like layovers like Mississippi where we're frustrated, we're upset, we're depressed, we got anxiety. Come on, somebody. We're insecure, and we start thinking that God has forgotten us. Anybody ever been in a layover season where we've accepted frustration as our final destination? 
We've taken on a surviving mentality rather than a thriving mentality. How about this? We spent so much time and energy just getting where we are right now that we're not sure that we have what it takes to get to the next level. Anybody, any of y'all ever dragged yourself to church? Come on, well, you had that mentality like, man, one more time, God. If you don't show up in my life this time, I'm just going to accept where I am as my final destination. You ever felt like you've been between a prayer and a promise? Come on, been stuck in between your yes and your amen? You got joy on the outside, but you have no internal joy on the inside. You see people in church and you're like blessed, but you're stressed. Huh? You see people in church, you're like, glory be to God, but you cussing them out in the parking lot when you get in your car? <laughs> Lay over seasons. I have seen the church where God is pouring out his blessing. God is pouring out his anointing. But some people have decided that their final destination was stuck in a layover. And I came to tell you today that you were not meant to live in transition. Transition is not your final destination. There's a scripture in Romans 8 and 28 that says, he works all things together for my good. You know what that means? If it ain't good yet, it ain't over yet. Come on, somebody. That's what that means. If your kids ain't good, God ain't through. If your marriage ain't good, God ain't done. If your Jeff, you ain't in, in the right job, God's not done moving yet. I dare somebody to get up on their feet and says, I'm not quitting until it's all good. It's all good. He's working it all for my good. That season of depression, he's working it for my good. That season where I was betrayed, he's working it. God is behind the scenes of your life, making it all good. I dare somebody scream, it's all good. It's all good. Families are in layover. People with gifts, talents, abilities, and anointings stuck in layover seasons. Churches are in layovers. Teenagers are in layovers. Men are in layovers. The government is in layovers. All of these people are in layovers. And it is not meant God did not come to send his son to die on your behalf, to go to hell, to get the keys to the kingdom, to unlock your future and your destiny for you to stand behind a door and not knock on it. Somebody getting their hope back today. Somebody getting their strength back today. Somebody getting their vigor back today. I believe God's going to do something extraordinary. Come on, somebody tonight. You came in sad, but you're not leaving out the same way that you came in. Like I got to say at our church, if you got to leave some hair at the altar before you walk out, I dare you to run around this church tonight and say enough is enough. The, what the enemy meant for bad, God is about to turn around for my good. I'm not accepting average as my final destination. I'm not accepting complacency that's my final destination pastor what are you talking about what I'm saying is, is this prophetically where you are is not a sentence it's just a season 
Somebody need to encourage that person that's sitting next to you on your, on your left side. Come on, somebody. I, I feel a left hand anointing. Come on. <laughs> Where you are right now is not a sentence. It's just a season. It's time to cross over. It's time for your mindset to cross over. It's time for your expectation to cross over. It's time for your faith to cross over. It's time for your belief to cross over. Come on, somebody, it's time for you to wake up. Come on, come on, out of the bed, knowing that if you still got breath, you still got purpose. It's time to cross over. My family's crossing over. My kids are crossing over. My finances is crossing over. Everybody connected to me is crossing over. My church is crossing over. My mindset is crossing over. My peace is crossing over. My joy is crossing over. Matter of fact, I got a crossover swag. I'm taking this thing to a whole nother level. My joy, my, I'm, my dance is crossing over. I'm going to start smiling this year. I'm going to start believing God this year. I'm going to start praying again this year. I'm going to start praising again this year because I refuse. Come on, somebody. I refuse to allow the enemy to think he won. I refuse. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in Jesus. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. I'm not laying here any longer. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. The crossing over is not just a word. It's an anointing. I believe that as Celebration Church is under an open heaven, that there are anointings that God is depositing in that open heaven. There's a breakthrough anointing. Come on, somebody. Watch this. There's an anointing for more than enough, not just enough. There's an anointing of overflow. There's an anointing of healing. Come on, somebody. Watch this. There's an anointing of accelerated time. You thought you were behind, but God is about to accelerate you. You thought you were late, but God is about to accelerate you. You thought you missed the train, but God is about to accelerate you. you come on. You thought that he left you out and chose somebody else, but God is about to accelerate you. I dare somebody get up on your feet and say, I'm taking this thing to a whole nother level because the Holy Ghost is about to accelerate me it's an anointing huh. he says this anointing is more moving you from mourning to moving from surviving to thriving from being broken down to being broken before the Lord from fleeing from it to being freeing over it it's moving you from from not pacing about it, but to praising God over it. To not just declaring it, but dancing in it. Not just dreaming it, but walking. Not just just enough, but more than enough. From weakness to strength, from despair, come on somebody, to destiny, from vision to victory, from fear to faith, from mixture to mission, from the slave mentality to a son mentality. Cross over, it's time. To cross over. It's time to cross over. I'm, I'm a little perplexed when I read this passage of Scripture. Because if you understand the context of God coming to Joshua in the state that the nation of Israel is in, 
you'll begin to realize that the conditions were not such that it would be right for them to cross over at this time. In fact, this announcement that God makes to Joshua, to me, sounds a little bit insensitive. You mean to tell me God wants to do something new, but first he's telling me that something died? God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, yes, Jesus, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, as a pastor, I've had to do many funerals. Pastors have had to do many funerals. And I'm telling you, a few years ago, I lost my 10-year-old godson to cancer. And I had to do his funeral. I was not happy. I did not understand. I felt like I was in a see-nothing season. And you know when you're going through something like, you know how you want to be, especially men, you know when men get sick, we're like the worst patients. Come on. I want to be coddled. I want stuff fixed for me. I want to complain and not be judged. I want to cry. I want to shed a tear. I want to make sure that you're consoling me, that you got my back. Come on, somebody. I want you to rub my chest with Vicks. Come on. Matter of fact, go ahead and get some of that anointed scent. Come on, somebody that my wife has. I don't know what it's called, but it's like an oil. And every time I smell it at night, I know I'm shut down. It's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to sleep, bro. I'm like, like I want to be consoled. Now, you, can you imagine Joshua had been with Moses? The Israelites, 400 years of suppression. 40 years of wandering. Man, Joshua had followed Moses. He had been with Moses. He was outside of the tent with Moses. He saw miracles. He saw the plagues. He saw fire by night, by pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. He saw manna come from heaven. He saw what God could do through Moses. But Moses died. I don't know about you, maybe Moses was, maybe Joshua was at Moses' funeral. I'd have been there. The last thing I want to hear God say is, Moses is God. I want peace. I want you to coddle me. I want to feel like you. I want to feel your presence. Come on, somebody. I, I don't want to sing break every chain. I, I want to sing you are my peak. Great is thy faithfulness. And you mean to tell me Moses is dead? God, that sounds a little bit, bit insensitive. Could it be? That we'll never get to it unless we first get over it? Could it be that this announcement from God is, is not a pronouncement of death, but rather an announcement of life? Could it be that God's people, although we know that God is all-powerful, we know that he's almighty, well, come on, somebody, he's omniscient, you know, there's nothing too hard for God. His promises are yes and amen. Could it be that we've been visiting dead-end seasons too much to move on to a season of destiny? You know the Bible says in Deuteronomy that although Mo Moses was buried somewhere in the land of Moab, that they didn't have any idea actually where his gravesite was. Do you know why? Because us, when we're betrayed, 
when we're hated on? Come on, somebody. When it doesn't work out, we keep visiting dead-end seasons. We keep being connected to dead-end friends. God's trying to move us. He's trying to move us on. He's trying to tell us, yeah, I've got a purpose and a destiny for you. But we, you know what we start doing? We start giving the enemy too much credit. Come on, y'all. Woe is me. We, we, we start calling people, come on, somebody, that ain't really praying for you. And, and what we think is, is a prayer request is actually turns into a gossip session because we don't realize, you know, people are okay with your progression as long as you don't go further than them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying when God said Moses is dead, he's saying this is an indication of a season change. When he says Moses is dead, what he's saying is, Joshua, I have a new mantle for you. When he says Moses is dead, he's saying, Joshua, those dreams, those visions are not dormant. Come on, somebody, they're not going to waste. What I spoke over you when you are a child can still happen. You just got to get over what happened to you when you are a child. Could it be that your rejection is actually your protection? Could it be? God is saying, Moses is dead. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, Moses is dead. That relationship is dead. That old mindset is dead. That stinking thinking is dead. It's over. It's gone. They hurt you. They betrayed you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. It may form. It may look heavy. It may look like opposition. But I still got purpose. I still got destiny. I still got a future. I love this right here. God will not leave you in limbo. <laughs> this is my season. Come on, somebody. I, I'm just going to give you a little testimony. This July, I was in a hospital bed couldn't breathe, having congestive heart failure, 417 pounds. And I saw my kids come visit me in the hospital bed, and I saw the purpose and destiny of my family that is still my responsibility. But I heard a dead, that, 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 that weight gain season is over. I heard God say, it's dead. He was just waiting for me to say it. Pastor, what are you saying? He's saying, you got to learn how to speak those things that aren't as if they already were. Stop giving the enemy too much press. I got a headache. All hell is breaking loose. I lost my job. How about the promises of God are yes and amen? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm first and not last. My best days are ahead of me. My worst days are behind me. My ladder will be greater than my past. Great is your faithfulness. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. My father owns the cattle on the side of a hill. I'm here to tell you it's time for you to start declaring a new season is coming to my house. Moses is dead. You know what I love about that? How many of y'all got GPS systems in your car? Come on. Or on your phone. It might work all the time if you got an Apple. 
You know what I love about this? You know what I love about GPS? Like, it's like the Holy Spirit. It really is. Let me, let me explain. Because I travel a little bit and I go in towns that I'm unfamiliar with and sometimes the GPS system tells me where to go. But for some reason in my dumb stupidness thinking I know the right way. Any of y'all with me? Come on, husbands. I'll turn down the wrong street. Even though the Holy Spirit is telling me where to go, I'll make the wrong decision. Even though the Holy Spirit tells me to forgive, I'll end up being angry. Come on, somebody. And, and what happens, what I love about GPS is it never gives up on me. In fact, what it says is, is when I make a wrong turn, it doesn't say you messed up. It doesn't say you're stuck here. What it says is recalculating. I came to tell you that I feel the Holy Spirit saying, recalculating. Joshua, I know you think nobody's with you. Recalculating. I know you think everybody's hating you. Recalculating. I know you made the wrong turn. Recalculating. I know you said you'd never do it again. Recalculating. Come on, somebody. I know you messed up. I know you cussed. I know you smoked. I know you drank. But you still got a purpose. I love that the Holy Spirit, Pastor, I feel the Holy Spirit saying over everybody at Celebration Church, Recalculating. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. I'm recalculating. I'm recalculating. See, some of us think this. Some of us think just because we're free, we're finished. <laughs> well, I ain't smoking no more. <laughs> This week. <laughs> I only cussed them out three times yesterday. I don't do that no more. But let me tell you something. God, y'all going to be like, what is he talking about? God is not just a deliverer of pain. He's also a deliverer of purpose. See, see Joshua could have stayed there. Well, at least we're not in slavery anymore. At least we're not in bondage anymore. Maybe I'll just stay in the see-nothing season because average isn't that bad. But when you got purpose and destiny on the inside of you, when you got a word from God, I just can't stay stagnant. I just can't stay here. I'm telling you right now, those words that were spoke over me before I was even formed in my mother's womb, they calls me, they wake me up in the morning. They say, Jimmy, we got stuff to do. We got a city to save. I rebuke the lie and of the enemy that says that you don't have a purpose just because you delivered from your pain. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I feel a word over all the single people. Where are my single people at? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Somebody, maybe y'all need to stand up and do a twirl, and we'll have celebration slash match.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Say, here I am. Only stand up if you put your makeup on and did your hair. Come on, somebody. And come on, dudes, only stand up if you got a shape up. Don't stand up and your, and your line is all jacked. There you go, single, ready to mingle. I got skinny jeans, I can wear baggy jeans, I can play organs, I can play guitars, I can wear, come on somebody. Here, here, here's my word that I feel over the single people, ready? Just because it's your second time, don't mean you have to settle for second best. I, I don't know who I'm talking to. 
You don't have to settle. God is in the business of rearranging your mistakes. You need to stand up and say, recalculating. Come on, somebody. But put some makeup on with it. Recalculating. But get some J's. Recalculating. Go to the gym. Recalculating. I feel like there's some single people. Come on, somebody, that you've been messing around with the wrong second-class citizens. God has a first class for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a destiny for you. How dare you settle for second best when God is in the business of rearranging your past. Come on, somebody. So, so pastor, I, I, I want to cross over. How many of y'all want to cross over? I want to give you four quick things. This is how I'm crossing over. Go ahead, go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, this is how I'm crossing over. This is how we, this is how we going to another level. It's, it's in the scripture. Moses chapter, I mean Joshua chapter 1 verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Watch this. Now, therefore, arise. Somebody say arise. arise. If you want to cross over, you got to get up from the place that you've been laying in. You see, if God is telling Joshua to arise, we can gather that he is in a lying down state. His expectation is lying down. His confidence is lying down. His faith is lying down. Come on, somebody. His leadership is lying down. His joy has flatlined. I was in a, a situation a couple years ago, and uh, uh, I'm going to come back to the, to the, to the weight loss story because my ADHD medicine just kicked in, and it just reminded me. It just had reminded me that I started a story that I didn't finish. So I was laying in the hospital bed. There it is. I just rewinded it for y'all that didn't know. And so I was in the hospital bed, and, and here's what happened. God said, Moses is dead. He said, I know you made a mistake. So I, I know you've been eating to comfort. I know you've been addicted to food. I know. But he said, it's time to rise. And from September 19th to right now, I decided to arise. And I've lost 114 pounds. Come on, somebody. I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you to get up from the place that you've been lying. I just want to encourage you. It's time for you to arise. I just want to encourage you. Come on, somebody, that I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony that when you decide to get up, God will accelerate you. Come on, somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to, but it ain't over. So God says, arise, Joshua. That arise means to stand. It means to stand up. It means to become. It means to come on the scene. It means to be powerful. It means to be established. It means to be confirmed. It means to walk again. When Irene and I first got married, I had back surgery. I had a slip disc in my L4 and L5 discs in, in my back. And I'm telling you, it was so bad, I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. I'm like, literally, I had to crawl. I mean, nerve damage down my leg. I mean, I was a big dude, but I was soft. Yeah, I was a punk, man. If somebody had tried to rob my house, they was taking everything. <laughs> there was nothing I could do. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I, 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 I didn't know what to do. Like, like, and it was so bad I had to get surgery. And so I remember, you know, going to the doctor and they telling me, you know, you have to have surgery and, and it's going to be bad and it's going to be a long recovery process. And, and what I learned from that, it's crazy sometimes how the, how the pain of recovery is often worse than the pain of the injury. And, 
and, and I remember, you know, I went into surgery. Y'all know they, they give you that stuff to make you feel good? You know, morphine? Come on, somebody. I ain't never did drugs, but I love morphine. Come on, somebody. And, and I did a whole lot of other stuff, but that's under the blood. Don't, don't judge me because you sin differently than me. And so some of y'all caught that. And so I woke up, and I'm telling you, the pain was so bad. Not only was the pain bad, my nurse's name was Betty. And she was about 500 pounds. And she had hair coming out of her, her, her shirt. Y'all, Pastor, what are you talking about? I, she had the biggest, like, it was awful. And I, I'm sorry if your name is Betty. I'm not talking about you. Don't judge me. But honestly, I said to my wife, if this is the last woman that I see before I die, God really doesn't love me. So Betty, Betty comes over to me, and she goes, does it hurt? True story. I said, yes. She says, uh, how bad? And I told her, a scale to one to ten. Ten, Betty. Ten. Ten, girl. I got an attitude. You know, it's Betty. I got an attitude. I'm like, Betty, I got to lay here longer. She said, no, you don't. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you have to get out of that bed. I said, it hurts too bad. She says, no, if you stay there, it'll hurt worse in the next season. So you know what Betty did? Betty grabbed my arm and she stood me up. You got to have a Betty in your life. You got to have a Paul and Silas in your life. You got to be tied, even if you're at the inner prison, you got to be tied to the right people. And Betty, Betty took my arms and she said, walk. And I couldn't walk. And she said, son, I'm here to tell you that God will heal you as you go. But if you lay there, you're going to stay in pain. I'm here to tell you, I came to be your Betty to tell you to get up out of the bed of depression and walk and watch your first steps turn into a bigger step. And you're wondering, God said, I will heal you as you go. Get out of the bed of depression. Get out of the bed of fear. Get out of the bed of lack. Get out of the bed of anxiety. I hear a Holy Ghost Betty saying, arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord. Stop hitting the snooze button on your destiny. Get out of the bed. Uh, my Bible says in Psalms 30 that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Can I encourage you that on your clock, you, ha you have failed to recognize that midnight only lasts 60 seconds. You've been crying too long. You've been having your thumb in your mouth too long. You've been sitting in the bed of depression too long. I say this, get up because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Pastor, what are you saying? What you have sowed in tears, you are about to reap in joy in the next season of your life. Wipe the tears from your eyes and arise. Arise. I want to cross over. First, I got to arise. Number two, I got to take possession. I have to take. Somebody say take possession. Watch this, Joshua 1, 3, 4. Every place that the soles of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. I want to, I want to encourage you something right here. When you are under 
a crossover anointing, God is expanding your territory. He is giving you authority in places that you never had it before. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Although you didn't get a raise at work, you got a raise in the kingdom. <laughs> your manager may, may be a manager on the earthly realm, but you're a manager in the heavenly realm. Come on, somebody. When you show up, angels show up with you. When you get on the season, there might not be a physical promotion, but there's a spiritual promotion. He tells Joshua, I'm about to promote you, even though you're a rookie, even though you got a rookie army, even though you got a rookie season, you're about to step into a mature anointing. Somebody says, I'm an agent of the kingdom. I love this. Uh, new territory. Every place that my feet goes shall be mine. I, I got to be careful in this season of overflow, in the season of revival, that I don't have more fear in my hands than faith in my heart. I, 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 have, to be, I have to be careful because here's the deal. When God, when Moses sent the 12 spies out to spy out the land in Numbers chapter 13, it says that the land was good. Right? There was fruit in the land. Man, there was some big grapes. I love grapes. Any of y'all ever had cotton candy grapes? That has nothing to do with my sermon, but that's a whole nother level. <laughs> cotton candy grapes. So it wasn't the size of the enemy that scared the Israelites. It was how they saw themselves. Be careful how you see yourself. You are powerful. You are anointed. You are a son and daughter of the most high God. I, I'm an heir of the kingdom. And, and I got to see myself. I got to walk in like I'm taking territory. This territory is mine. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I have a territory mentality. Uh, me and Irene were in Jacksonville a couple of months ago. <coughs> And we went to, what's the fish camp called? That place. And I'm telling you, how many of y'all know you can tell a good restaurant by the line that's out the door? So there was a line out the door. First time I was, we were staying at the Marriott Sawgrass, and I was like, hey, I, I love seafood. I went to the fish camp. Y'all like, what is he talking about? It's going to get there. So we went to the fish camp, and there was a line. They, they told me 40-minute wait. Now, you know when they tell you 40 minutes is really an hour? And back then I was still coming out of being a professional eater. So I was waiting, then they give you that little thing that has the light to tell you when it's your turn. So they gave the thing, and, and me and my wife are sitting there talking, and we're waiting in line, waiting our turn, and then all of a sudden, here's this Ken and Barbie kind of couple who kind of walk on the scene. He's got a swag. I'm hating on him because he's got abs and I got a keg. You know, it's, 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 she, her hair is all done. You know what I'm saying? My wife, I haven't approved the budget yet. For her to get her hair like we're sitting there I'm just joking we're sitting there and we're waiting our turn and then here come a Ken and Barbie and I'm just gonna let you know I'm gonna just give you a little information like I'm saved sanctified and redeemed but I got a little ghetto in me no 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 no. y'all don't understand I'll still turn it out like God ain't through with me all the way yet and so I'm watching Ken and Barbie 
And Ken and Barbie go up and say, can we get a seat? And little Miss Hostess with the mostess, she let them cut in front of me. And, and then sat them at the table I was waiting for. Now, when I get a little get, it gets a little sarcastic. <laughs> I start laughing like, hey, babe, did you see what they just did? And my wife, she don't have no get in her. None. She start tapping me on the leg because she know I set it off. Honey, honey, remember who you are. Remember who you are. I'm like, I'm Batman, and I'm about to turn it out up in here. So I walk over. Come on, somebody. I put my ordination papers to the side. I forgot that I had kids. I'm about to set it off. I don't know the gun laws down here in Florida. I might get shot. I'm the only black dude in a restaurant, but I'm mad because it's food. And then they had greens on the menu. Don't have greens on the menu and make me wait and then sit somebody down before I can eat them greens. It's a whole nother sermon. So my wife is like, remember who you are. Remember who you are. I said, remember who you are. And I walk over to the hostess with the most, skill <laughs> me. I lost all my, my good talk, skill me. <laughs> Little Miss Lady, what had happened was, I had been waiting here and you had sat them down before it was my turn and you don't want me set it off. Any of y'all got a little bit of that in you? Come on, praise God. Glory be to, we're gonna pray for you lately. I'm not going to be the one to pray because I don't want my anointing to come on you. So the hostess says, so what would you like me to do? And I'm like, <laughs> she has said, so what she like me to do? Tell them, get up. She says, excuse me. I said, tell them, get up. You see that bread he eating? My bread. You see that straw he drinking out of? My straw. You see that chair he's sitting in? My chair. She said, are you serious? I said, yes, indeed. So little Miss Hostess with the Moses called over a sister girl. Says, she said, excuse me, can you come handle that situation? Translation, she called over a black sister. A whole nother sermon. She came over there and said, they, had they taken your seat, she lost. She went straight ghetto too. Come on, somebody. She said, no, they didn't. I say, yes, they did. She goes, what you want me to do? She starts taking off her earrings. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. That didn't happen. So she went over there, and I don't know what she said, but all of a sudden, little Miss Cute little lady with her blonde hair, little Miss Mr. Six-Pack, he got up, and I just looked at him like, that's my bread you was eating. <laughs> Pastor, what are you talking about? What I'm saying is when you take territory, when you locate it, the enemy has to vacate it. <laughs> Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm here to tell you, I'm in a season. We used to sing a song, I'm going to the enemy's camp, and I'm getting back what he stole from me. Then my kids, get out of their future. That's my church. Get out of my church. That's my children's school. Get, that's my peace. That's my joy. I'm here to tell you, it's time for you to get up on your feet and give the enemy an eviction notice that tell him, you've been messing with me too long. You've been messing with my children. You've been messing with my mind. You got to go. It's time for you to 
take territory. It's time for you to take territory. It's time for you to take territory. It's time for you to take territory. I wish I had about three people that said I'm going to praise for my children's children. You got to go, devil. Get out of my house. Get out of my sleep. Get out of my mind. Get out of my heart. Because when I locate it, the Spirit of God is about to vacate every devil. I dare you to show up with a little Holy Ghost get. Pastor. It's time for you to take your territory. I want you to know this. I'm almost done. I want you to know this. The word tread in the Hebrew, it translates to also march. See, before Jericho even came, Joshua had a marching anointing. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm going to tell you why you have a marching anointing. Because there are some things that money won't get you out of that only praise can. I dare you to ask Paul and Silas. There are some things that words can't get you out of, only intercession can. There are some things that friends can't get you out of, only the Holy Spirit can. Watch this now. When Joshua, here's how I know we had a marching anointing. When Joshua came up against Jericho, God told Joshua for six days, I want you to march one time, right? Not only that, if you read the passage of Scripture, he had to get over 600,000 men not to say a word. Can you march and see nothing seasons without putting your mouth on it, without saying how hard it's going to be? But, here, but then he tells him this, on the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. Now, to me, I'm not a mathematician, but the last day, was actually six times harder than every other day. Could it mean that six times harder, Drew, actually means six times closer? Could that be that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that because I have this treading, marching, anointing to take territory, watch this, that I'm not going in cycles, I'm going in circles? Could it be that I have to transition my mind from pacing about it to praising over it. Pastor, what are you saying? How many of y'all going through something right now where you feel like it's six times harder? Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's an indication that you're six times closer. Don't you quit. The breakthrough is right around the corner. Walls are about to fall. Joy is about to come. I, I just came to tell you to keep marching. When all hell is breaking loose, keep marching. When, it, when you're confused, keep marching. When you feel like crying, keep marching. When ain't nobody with you, keep going. And says, I will not quit until you bless me. Say, I won't let go until you bless me. You are not cycling it. You are circling it. It's time for you to take territory. My last point, and I'm out your way. He says, remember. Now here's the deal. The scripture doesn't actually say remember, but it says this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. See, if you recognize all of the Israelites that are about to walk and march over this Jordan to the land of milk and honey, they were all born in the wilderness. 
So they don't really have the stories from Egypt. So here's what I love about diversity. Ready? You know what is one of the, the most authentic, the most powerful diversities that I believe a church can have? It's not racial diversity. It's actually generational diversity. Because what I have known, Pastor, is we have a generation that don't know about the blood. That we need an older generation to tell them how to plead the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you that you got to remember? Remember what God has done for you. I like to say it this way. Me and my wife, we were technical recruiters. That means I was a headhunter. And that's where we met. And we used to find jobs for computer consultants. And what I would find is that the more history somebody had on their resume, the more valuable they were. Just for a second, think about God's history in your life. Think about how his hand has been on you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. Somebody else died in the car accident that you made it out of without a scratch. Somebody else lost their right mind and you're still in your right mind. God's hand has been on you. God's hand has protected you. When you were a child, his hand, his, his glory has covered you. His anointing covered you. And when I came to find out, if he did it before, he will do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. I want you to take 15 seconds and remember God's blessing over your life. Remember God's faithfulness over your life. Remember God's grace over your life. I'm here to tell you, if you still got breath, you still got purpose. If you got hands to raise, raise them. If you got feet to dance, dance. You're about to cross over. Arise, take territory. And remember, because you're about to step into another level of anointing in this next season of your life. I'm here to tell you guys, I'm crossing over. You know what I love about this church? You know what I love about the whole celebration family? You know what, you know, let me tell you a little bit about Uncle Jimmy right now. I got this mentality, nobody left behind. Everybody crossing over. My kids' kids are crossing over. Matter of fact, <laughs> the Bible says that everybody shall be saved that's in your house. I believe this is a season, Pastor, where salvation is about to break loose. That people you've been praying for. Matter of fact, I want you to start saying their name out loud right now. If you're believing for God for somebody who is not walking in the freeing power of Jesus Christ, I dare you to say their name right now. And I believe they're going to come under spiritual arrest wherever they are. So we call out to the north. We call out to the south. We call out to the west. And I believe there's about to be a breakout of salvation all over the state of Jacksonville. And God is going to use this church to facilitate a move of God in this city. Arise, take territory, and remember, because you're crossing over to a whole nother level. Come on, raise your hands in the air. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that everybody under the sound of my voice, God, that they would, that they would stay in the sweet spot of God's presence. God, that they would cross over to another level. Father, they would not accept mediocrity as their final destination. God, that they, not, that they would not become well-adjusted to average. I pray, God, in this next season that you accelerate them, that you give them joy unspeakable, that you give them peace unexplainable, and an anointing to finish the race that you have called them to run. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.